Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Festival is like the most important day of the year. What? Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of This Country podcast. Well, it's been a long time coming, uh, but we are finally here to give our recap on the aftermath the special for this country. But first, he's the man who has his own gym in his back garden. It's not equipment, but a guy called Jim just chained to his patio furniture is Neil. Absolutely true. Every single sentence is true. And do you do press-ups on him? No, I make him count everything I do. He's there, he's tied up, he's my personal stopwatch. Really? Do you bench press him? Mm, Occasionally. It depends what mood I'm in. You like to bench press him, don't you? (laughs) Bench pressing Jim. (laughs) Uh, It's worse than that, he's dead, Jim. (laughs) It's the squats that I struggle with. Does he help you count those? Yeah, he does. Now's the time when I wish I had the sound bite that said your finger's going up my asshole, mate. That would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, we don't go... Well, it's not... There, there's nothing seedy in it. Oh, no. Why well, would... Yeah. How dare you even think that? I know. I was going to say, he's there for... He's doing good. He's we doing, love Jim. We love Jim. But we are here. We are finally here to talk about this country, the aftermath. Yes. So it, it, it's it's been a long time coming. It has. And it's this is the first... The first one where it feels like, because of obviously the Sunday where a lot of the dump gang members all went down to North Leach when they were yeah, filming that particular yeah. time, um, it feels like you sort of you really sort of knew behind the scenes a little bit. You saw a lot of what was going on with the making of it and stuff. Um, and obviously it was one that had the cliffhanger as well. It was. So um, should we just dive straight in? I think in? we should, because it's, um, it's a longer episode than we normally d- deal with, so... It is. Was so it 46 minutes 46 long? 46 minutes, it? something like that, yeah. Mm. I've got some sound bites to play as we're going oh, along as oh, well. I rather like sound than, bites. Rather than sort of waiting, mm. you know. Blim, blim, blim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we start with the usual uh, traditional text, uh, and, it re- and it reads, This country is a BBC documentary looking at life in modern rural Britain. Seven months after the arrest of Kerry Mucklow, the crew returned to the Cotswolds to document the impact of events on the village. <gasps> oh, dum, dum, dum. So even at that point, we still don't know what was happening no. and i do like the little sort of they, they still don't show you right at the very start well you don't see kerry for a while do you No, so. all you see so, so in the marketplace curtain stands alone at the toilets looking sad and kicking his heels looking bored toilets or bus stop well toilets I, come bus stop see i really i just put marketplace because i but they are toilets but they're not a bus stop are they're, they? they are a bus stop. Oh, are they yeah yeah because um as you know my uh secret identity i drive and obviously i drive around north leach you do i do and that's in your toil- white panel van. I do. Um, <laughs> that is a toilet that I know that I can use that is free of charge. Because ah. a lot of places charge now. To... So is that where you sort of get rid of your victims? Is yeah, it? yeah. That, well, if that's what you want to call it, dropping the kids <laughs> off and all that. <laughs> off at Poobay. Yeah. So um, I use that and the toilet's around the side, but at the front of that is a bus stop sign. Well, there you go then. 
anyway, the voiceover of the vicar uh, says it's uh, been a very sad time, something like this, uh, for something like this to happen in such a small village, and the repercussions are felt everywhere. It's been a very tough time for the community, and all have been left very exhausted. Yes, a huge impact on the village. Indeed. So we still, even up to that point, we still don't know what's happened. We have no idea, There's no sign of Kerry, no sign of Martin. All we see is Curtin looking very bored and sad, and uh, the vicar being very reflective Mm. and looking very down as well. He does, doesn't he? He looks very down. Um, and then the legend that is Nibsy. Yeah, our friend. Outside the Sirencester Courthouse. Now, the courthouse isn't used anymore, no, is it's, it? No, it's closed down. It's actually, or was, for sale. So, um, yeah, it, that sign has just been put up for the show. Yeah. But didn't it take you back to your days? <laughs> it, it did. Have you ever been in that court? I have, but only with school. Not, really? Yeah, not due to me being doing anything. I, I had to go in there once for speeding. Oh, right. Yeah. Only once. No, uh, we went in for court, for court, for um, school, and had the trip, and went, got locked in the cells. I will there. say that if there is, if there is ever a deterrent for not doing the right things, it's going to spend like a morning or an afternoon in a court waiting room, waiting for your mm. moment that you've got to go in there and for for speeding or whatever it is because. It seems like it's always the same sort of undesirables that are yeah. always hanging around there. Well, and it's not... Uh, and there's no disrespect to anybody, but it's not a nice place to be. My mum used to work in the office um, sort of across from it, at the top, and her office overlooked the courts. And you always used to see the same faces. Be like, oh, yeah, they're up to it again. Yeah. We're up to something. Yeah, yeah it's a weird thing. But anyway, uh, Nibsy is giving the uh, BBC report about the stolen hoovers. Uh, and then we see footage of Martin Mucklow uh, striding into court with yeah. his head down uh, in a suit um, and uh, avoiding Nibsy's questions. Uh, and then we see that Curtin is watching this on the TV and saying, look at Martin with no beard, he looks like a shaved worm. Well, that made me laugh, a shaved worm. I was trying to think if i ever seen a hairy worm to begin with. I don't know. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Then we see the legendary court artist picture, and I'd love to know who it is that's drawn that. It's a legendary picture. It is. The first time, the first off that I watched this, the day it was released, even though they teased that on the trailer, hadn't they, that that picture, just seeing it then, it barely laughed. I barely laughed with that, and especially what Curtin says. But I think the, I've, I've seen the special about five or six times now. I think, it's about, I think it's six times. And the last time I saw that picture... I actually thought they're really good drawings. Well, they are good drawings. <laughs> Especially but... the one of Charlie. As much as he goes on about his nose, the, the, I mean, the Martin one, not so much. But, but Daisy and Charlie, they, they look sort of Well, you can tell like who them. they are. They're a really bad caricature, aren't they? Of they it. Are. And then it sort of leads on to what, um, I'm going to say Charlie, what Curtin was going to what he says about uh, I think himself. That's, I think that's the first, um, that's the first uh, little clip we got. Okay. This actually enrages me. You know why? Because there's not a human on, on this planet who looks like that. Oh, Kurt, no, stop I winding t- yourself up. Kerry, you look like a sponge, for Christ's sake. Your chungs are so large, it looks like you're wearing an airplane pillow the wrong way round. And my nose. They've drawn my nose bigger than yours. That's like drawing the Paris church bigger than the shard. Mind-boggling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, of course, that's when we first hear Kerry. So the the the, the truth is out then. Yeah. That that uh, Kerry actually didn't have to go down. Now this then follows on to the. We get a little bit of exposition now. Yeah. Filling in the gap of what happened. That Martin Mucklow got two years. Um, and uh, Curtin gave evidence, so testified against him in the court, and uh, he gives the explanation of how Martin was intimidating him in the court. Yeah, staring him out. Staring him out, and then doing the old uh, rubbing the middle finger on the cheek, and then uh, when yeah. he actually looked, at it, he was sort of rubbing his neck and stuff. Uh, very childish. But also very funny. We've all done that. Yeah. <laughs> I still do it now. Yeah, um, Kerry got community service. The question I had on my notes is, do you think Kerry got the right punishment? Yeah, I think so. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't. There's no way she could have really gone down. As far as we know, she's never done anything before. Ooh, no. Um, they're going to see right through it about her dad. They they know about her dad, hence why he's got the the sentence that he's got. So um, yeah, I think it's a fair enough punishment. 
OK, so Kerry, uh, they show Kerry doing a community service, reading Dr Seuss' cat, cat in the hat, hat um, to visually infair, impaired people. Now, the question I had about this is, why is she wearing a high-vis jacket? Because... Is that to show that she's not one of the visually impaired people? Well, I, I believe... I thought all community service had to wear that as part oh, right. of the punishment. Oh, really? Yeah, so no matter what you're doing, you wear that, and then you're known as being... On the community service. Oh, so it's almost right. like a shame in punishment, isn't it? Well, I suppose, but... Because I've seen people doing the litter picking wearing those sort of high visits. So what about work? Yeah, that, that I understand, because they're on, on the side a road. of the road. But, no, but I believe you have to wear it whatever you do to sort of... Um, so it shows you're not actually working there. You're having to work there as part of a punishment. Oh, right, OK. So that, that doesn't make sense to me. What happens if you're doing your community service next to some guys that are doing some roadworks? Isn't it orange? It's a different colour. They're usually in yellow. <laughs> oh, Mr. High-Vis expert. I have to wear a high-vis every day. Do you? What colour yeah. is yours? Yellow. Uh, you sure you're not doing that job because of community yeah, service? No, no, no. People say I look like a policeman when I'm wearing my uh, work jacket and the hi yellow high-vis over the top. Really? Actually, yeah. Is that because you've got a tit on your head? <laughs> <laughs> look out for the special branch. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Kerry's not very impressed with community service. Um, <laughs> but it's the... Uh, she's going on about the picture of the cat in a very much too large of a hat. Yeah. Um, and there's a little fish in a bowl looking out and going, what the fuck? And she's, she believes it's in connection with the hat. So she's getting herself really into the story. Yeah. She seems to be enjoying the story. Uh, then we see the, vic the vicar again explaining that... Um, she ex that he expected that when Martin Mucklow went to prison, Kerry would have some kind of closure, but that hasn't happened at all. Uh, Kerry had to testify, uh, and they made her do it, and we've got a little clip of that. But they made me do it, unfortunately, when I actually didn't want to do it. But when the police were talking to me, I got the intention from them that if I didn't testify against my dad, I would get ripped apart by police dogs. They didn't say it, but it's what they didn't say. <laughs> and I love the look on her face. Actually, yeah. that she sort of does that. She I, does a do great, great. She's got great um, facial characteristics as Kerry, hasn't she? She has. Um, but then you get the feeling that she still idolizes her dad. I mean, that, that's really the theme of the whole whole special, mm. isn't it? I'm, I'll, I'll go into. Sort of well, yeah, it's um, it's a change, isn't it? There's a change afoot. Yeah, there isn't at the moment. No, no, but she still thinks her dad is completely innocent. I mean, later on we'll talk about it again when she first meets Sandra. So, or we first meet Sandra. Yeah, there are there's, there's more than one realization, mm. um, and not just with Kerry um, in this episode. No. Um, so Curtin uh, has feelings on Martin Mucklow. Obviously, it was always said that he doesn't like the man. Glad that he went to prison. Um, Kerry is obviously struggling with that, um, and that's why she's misbehaving at the moment. And this is the thing that makes me laugh, is like the, the people in the village, the people that care about her, mainly Curtin and mm. the vicar, are saying that she's gone off the rails, but all she's basically doing is riding around on a bike. Well, she punches Curtin, doesn't she, in well, the field? Well, that's the first bit. They're walking... <laughs> but that's not the first time that either of them have done something to the other person... No. ...and straight after said sorry. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems to be a thing that they will But they're cousins, these... aren't they? So they've grown up together. They've known each other since they were little. I, I would imagine they're the same sort of age. Yeah, but normally, like, if you fight with your brother, you don't fight with them and then go sorry straight after unless your parents have told you you have to say sorry. Unless I, you made him cry. Yeah, but this, every time they seem to hit each other, it's mainly Kerry hitting mm. Curtin. She says sorry straight away afterwards. It's not the first time that that time, but it's it's always weird. Do you that... think there's a meaning behind it then? I don't know. I just I just think that I think they obviously they obviously care for each other, but they piss each other uh, piss each other off enough that it brings out these little mm. tiny bites of violence that they're immediately sorry for. Yeah, straight after. Oh, you can see they definitely piss each other off. Yeah, I mean it's like. When Kerry smashed the vase after curtain at the chief, mm. again she said sorry straight away. Where she was saying she she was spoiling for that, and she was saying, "You eat that cheese, and I'm going to throw yeah. this, and I'm going to, you know, you won't, no, you won't." And then she said sorry straight away. It wasn't I, mean, I suppose it, it was provoked? It wasn't entirely her fault because mm. she said to curtain exactly what she was going to do, um, and you know, at least she follows through when she's. Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> Say no more. Bay again. Uh, the vicar then says she's gone completely off the rails. Um, frankly, she's behaving like the Antichrist. Yeah. Um, and I just put in my little notes here that small village thinking, you know, to, to a village like that where the worst thing that can happen is probably somebody, you know, dropping a crisp packet that this now is somebody that has gone off the rails, they are... Well, she's become, like, anti-social behaviour, hasn't it? It's the sort of little antics that the Yorks get up to that cause those sort of problems in big cities. I mean, leading to bigger things, you know, where they would terrorise shops by not actually... I know when she's riding a bike around, but they, that's the start of it. I, su- I suppose so. It's just it look, looking, at, looking at it from a big-picture sort of thing, it's not something that you would feel that people would really worry about. But, I mean, like, in normal day-to-day, mm. but with it being a little village, and, like, there's what, probably one shop. There is only one sh- shop in there. In North Leeds, yeah. yeah. One or two shops, anyway. Yeah. That, yeah, this is going to be... But in the end, she's not she's not destroying anything. Well, it's apart not... from that floor wet sign. Okay, well, I mean, you know, she knocks it over. She doesn't destroy... Yeah. It's not like she throws it. <laughs> into a, like a, a mountain of beans or something. But then to the older generation, that's a mountain of beans. That's the start of antisocial behaviour to older generations. That's in my day sort of thing, isn't it? That's yeah. what they, they're going to look at it. And it's it's the older generation that are affected by those small things. I suppose. And Kerry's then having a go at Colin walking down the street. I mean, it's bad enough uh, in the last series that Colin was the one, the new member of the Bowls mm. Club that was getting picked on. Um, and then Kara said, everyone slags you off at the Bowls Club. <laughs> Arthur calls you an absolute bozo. Uh, he says you're shit at bowls. <laughs> That's when he actually turns around, he though. Turns he turns around Yeah, but he sort of, like, throws the hands and oh, shut up, you know. Yeah. Uh, then we see the CCTV footage of Kerry in the village shop going down the aisles on a bike. The vicar said I had, she had to, he had to beg with Mrs Wicks not to share this with the police. <laughs> um Kerry kicks down a, 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 you know, a wet floor or that kind yeah, of the, thing. The sort of stand. But it shows as well, the vicar really does care for those two, doesn't he? He does, but I love the, way, the, the little button at the end of the scene. He's utterly mindless. Mm. I mean, it's not utterly mindless. You know, she's not off her tits on crack or... No, it's idle hands, isn't it? But are you saying to me that, like, you're saying that this is, you know, if this is left unattended... Give well, I'm not six, saying that they could do, would but be I can off. understand why some people, like, if it was a real occurrence, would start to think, hang on, that this, you know, if she started to do that every night, so through experience of working in retail many years ago in, in a city, we were played by kids, whereas they weren't doing a lot, they were being a nuisance a lot, mm. and it became really problematic, so much so that people weren't coming to the shop. Right. So it did have a knock-on effect, and it started with little incidents like a bike round the shop or things like that, and then it just escalated. I'm not saying that's what they're doing, but that's why I can see people being annoyed, especially the older generation. Oh, those people in shell suits, eh? <laughs> hey? oh, and I'm not talking about Elton John. No, okay. <laughs> uh, so Kerry's then on a bike outside the house, and she says, when you're on two wheels, you can do whatever you want. Yes. Um, and this Kurt- is a nice little setup for later on, isn't it? It is really? a nice little setup. And Curtin says it's like an elephant trying to ride a tricycle. <laughs> you can't fit your ass on it. And she says, I can, I choose not to. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Uh, then we get the first um, hearings of Sue. Sue, yes. Uh, so she shouts down to Kerry, says he'll be spending Christmas on his own again this year. Well, it's Kerry actually says, the first time we hear Sue being almost human. It is. And there's a couple of times yeah, this, she where, where she's not having a go at Kerry. Yeah, she's norm- normal, Yeah, almost. Yeah. Um, Sue says, obviously, Len... Uh, lists off all the people that doesn't want Len. And while she's doing this, Ker- uh, Kerry is making a crisp and tomato sauce sandwich. Yes. Lovely. Never had a crisp and tomato sauce sandwich. Have you? No, always. I've had a tomato sauce sandwich with yeah. butter and tomato sauce, but never put crisps in it. I'm going to try it. Try it yeah. I, 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 I would uh, you, I would Oh, you've it. done it yourself? I would recommend it, yeah, yeah. Uh, Len's been banned from the church for stealing from the harvest table and washing his bits in the font. Yeah, it was now, he must be. How we got up onto That's the font? Exa- to I do put it. on here. To take some doing. They are tall. Those fonts. I yeah, put on there. Unless they got the steps. That the some I've seen fonts in churches where they got the steps. Never been into Northleach Church. No, but even so, I mean, Len is a big boy. Yeah, 
Well, yeah. we don't know that, really. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm talking in girth. Well, again, well, yeah. talking... <laughs> um, again, I wouldn't want to try and get my bits. No, no, I wouldn't. Um, in, no, in no, my luck, I'd tip the top of the font over, you know? It, yeah, that's what I'd do. And, oh, my goodness, the Lord would not like that. No, he'd strike you down. He would. Uh, so Curtin bangs on the window in a gas with a gas mask on a mallet. <laughs> and Kerry says, Dad used to have one of those and realise it is a dad's because the initials MM are on it. And it was Dad's intimidation. And mask. how excited Kerry is when he, he comes in. Let's yeah. have a go. Let's have a go. Yeah. It was pure excitement. Yeah, and uh, he used it. So Martin Muckler used to wear it when Dominic Littlewood would knock on the door. Now Dominic Littlewood was a guy from the Builders, uh, and he cowboy would come to Builders. Him. It was a Cowboy Builders. Yeah, it's Cowboy Builders. It was a program on Channel Five, right? Where oh. he would expose the dodgy That's the little guy. Isn't yeah, it? the little chimp. Of course it is. See, I my mistake on this bit when I was getting the notes from this but I, normally i'll put the subtitles on right so i can see and i never put and i couldn't work out what that when Terrible, i said builders yeah. right and and dominic littlewood obviously is he was one half of that it was with melinda messenger wasn't of course. it and they used to shame traders right and um right so that yes that makes a lot more sense about a driveway and i love Curtin's reaction he's very dismissive and he looks at the camera and goes unfinished i assume or i imagine i think yeah. he says um, I will say the one thing about um, Charlie in this, he, he, if you, he's, he seems to be a lot more um, his face. I'm trying to look, think of the word. Um, what's the word? <laughs> I have to say, I don't if you look at when he's saying his bits to camera, he seems to be pulling a lot more face, a lot more exaggerated. So he's become more. Um... Exaggerated facially. Yeah, you That's are. what I just yeah. said. I know that I'm playing along to you, man. Anyway, um, that's exactly what I did. Kerry asks where he got them from, uh, and Curtin says, Sandra's "What is garden. exaggerated face, mate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been here all the time, between my ears, on the front of my head." Uh, and he says, "Sandra's garden. We're throwing it out with a load of other stuff." Kerry is not happy, so she storms off to Sandra's. Curtin then does a real. David Brent thing, you know, that's annoying. Mm. Literally just got here, and that that's was a very it. sort of David Brent. It was actually David Brent sort of moment. Um, so now it's Sandra versus Kerry. Mm. Um, and uh, Curtin goes on about the fact that Sandra and Kerry are like two rats arguing about who's first behind the Pied Piper, not realizing he's leading them both over a cliff onto jagged rocks. <sighs> Wow. Doesn't matter who's first behind the Pied Piper, because they're both going to get their heads crushed in. He loves those analogies, doesn't he? He does love those analogies, indeed. And it's not the first of it's the first of many in this mm. episode. Uh, so Kerry's at Sandra's having a go at Sandra while Sandra's uh, sort of shepherding her two children in. She Away, doesn't she? want to to talk to Kerry, um, and they're both at a standoff. Really, they've both been manipulated by Martin. Um, both well, he's bit. more of a shit house than we he, were, when we even thought. Total shit house, isn't he? An absolute shit house. Um, she knows how Sandra feels about her testifying against her dad. Uh, Kerry went on Facebook and saw a status that said, "Hate fake people that testifies against my partner Martin." And she asked if you talk about me, so she blocked me and an Instagram too. That says it all. Does. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, Vicar and Sandra and the kids. So, because um, I, I put on here Vic being the good guy. Well, he, yeah. Well, he's obviously uh, loves his community, doesn't he? Which he does. really shows through this. He's helping out Sandra because uh, she has an eviction notice as Martin has been sent down. So, he's helping her file an appeal. Now, Sandra, this is where the vicar is going to realise that he's caught in the middle here and he, he can see both sides mm. of everything that's going on. But Sandra's side of the story is that Kerry stole uh, a key and put the hoovers in their house when they'd gone out. If Martin didn't let her, she was going to... Um, oh, sorry, if Martin didn't let her, she was going to drown Mr Chuckles in a bucket of bleach. And that's the boy's... Chinchilla. Chinchilla. Indeed. It is. That'll be a good question, uh, quiz question and answer. But this is the next one that made me laugh. Yes. That Kerry did. Yeah, the vicar doesn't believe that Kerry would do that, and then Sandra says that Kerry also ran up a £300 bill on Babe Station, if that's <laughs> still a thing. <laughs> Must be, I, I assume. Uh, must have had flu, <laughs> as the living room <laughs> was littered with scrunched-up tissues. No one in the house had a cold. Hey. There you go. 
the vicar realises how much Martin has been playing Kerry and Sandra off of each other, uh, and I put in, in brackets here, manipulating shithouse. He is a manipulative shithouse. And he's not just doing it to the, the girls in his life either, so we'll find out about yeah. that later on. Um, there was also another lie that Kerry had cashed in all the family's premium bonds and spent all the money on Nazi paraphernalia. Now, not being funny, you wouldn't believe that anyway, because if you knew Kerry, she probably wouldn't know what that word means. No. Or maybe she she might not even know what the Nazis are. Or she wouldn't even know how to cash in premium bonds. No, she wouldn't know what premium bonds are. No. Are they still a thing? I think they're still a thing, I think. Um... Yeah, and that Kerry was beating Martin with an iron pole. I know. <laughs> like, that's believable. So Kerry's in the bedroom with Martin Muck- all the Martin Mucklow stuff. Um, there is some great deleted scenes. There is one with the home videos. With the home videos, which is fantastic, which we will talk about a little bit later. Um, Kerry says that Sandra wouldn't let Martin Mucklow go out because she used to think he was cheating on her, which was probably true. He probably was. Yeah. Um, wouldn't let him go to Skittles because Skittles were shaped like curvy women's bodies. I know. That made me chuckle. She had a taser and would tase him in the crotch whenever he saw a programme with women in it. Uh, and the only show he could watch but was... But it's Curtin's reaction. Yeah. When she when she mimics, Curtin look, crosses his legs, doesn't he? <laughs> it's those it's those little moments. You, it's those little moments that, that you don't pick up the yeah. first time. Yeah. Um, and the only show that he was allowed to watch was Blue Planet, but he wasn't allowed to watch the Dolphins bit because he get turned on by the dof- Dolphins blowholes. <laughs> I can see what she means. Really? They're very sexy, those Dolphin blowholes. Yeah, if you say so. Don't say you haven't think, thought about I've it. I've never thought about okay, it. Okay, yeah, whatever. Anyway, uh, Sandra then does a bit to camera saying that the vicar's been very helpful. Martin called him a bold nonce. <laughs> I know. And she's left him with the kids loads of times. And then the vicar comes out with wafers, and I've just put in brackets, what a guy. Pink wafers. Pink wafers. Sandra slowly realises with Vic's help, uh, I was calling Vic in this thing, with the vicar's help, the Martin Mucklow lies about Kerry. So she's starting to come yeah. across and realising what's going on. Uh, then we have... The classic scene. What I would class as, if you were going to show somebody that you need to watch this show, this to me is the quintessential this country moment. Yeah. Mum! There's no holes in my crumpets! <laughs> See, she's been quite nice. She's been again. lovely. She's been lovely to Kerry. She really is. But that to me is just like yeah, that's just yeah. making something out of the minuscule and banal holes in crumpets. Mm. It's one of those. It's, it's a classic sort of sitcom scene. For all the great sitcoms have moments like that. Yeah, the great sitcoms. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things that, that I think Daisy and Charlie do really, mm. really well. It's an everyday thing. They've probably looked around and thought, what can we just take that's something that nobody would think of making yep. into a comedy moment? Crumpets. Let's do that. It's just, just class. It's funny. It, it's something it's that funny. shouldn't be funny at all. But and also the fact that, that Sue is just really, really sweet to her. Yeah. She's interested in whether she's found a crumpet <laughs> holes or not. <laughs> no. Has it ever happened to you? Uh, no. No, nor me. No, not I, yet, anyway. To be, honest, to be honest, crumpets don't last that long around me. Do you... I love crumpets. What do you have on your crumpet? Just butter. Yeah. I could, I, or sometimes ba- uh, baked beans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cold baked beans. I love cold mm. baked beans with anything. But I could eat a pack of eight crumpets. Well, they're easily... Boom. Do- yeah, easy. Boom. Just boom. Crumpets Not anymore, nice. hopefully. But, no. but if I start... I couldn't And now they one. do the giant crumpets. Oh, do they? Like that sort of size. <sighs> crumpets is good. But crumpets to me were always a winter food. No, they're all year round. Well, they are now, but originally, when I was younger, we only ever got crumpets in the winter. Did you? Yeah. I see. Okay, we're at the Bowls Club. Uh, Well, we're not at the Bowls Club, but Curtin's going to tell us about the Bowls Club, that since the trial he's not been working at the Bowls Club, Mm. Terry has let him go. Uh, thought it was because of the Hoovers being stored there, but Terry said he can't afford the luxury of having a bar manager at the moment, and he respects Terry's decision. Curtin says he'll always do best for the club. But you can see how he cares deeply. Yeah. Not just for the job, but for the club and for everybody that's there, especially for Terry. There's some sort of affection going on there. 
Um, well, it's nice. It's also setting things up, isn't it, um, for what happens later on in the series, yeah. on this episode, but also what's to come in the series. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, so, yeah. It's laying the the flagstones down, isn't but it? But he, he becomes quite sort of philosophical and says, it's life full of hellos and goodbyes. It's one goodbye that's tough to take, but we'll move on. And he's, he, he gulps a little bit. It gets mm. stuck in his throat when he says that. Um, Kerry says that Curtin finds it hard to move on. It's like a ghost with unfinished business. Yeah. Uh, so Curtin's now stalking in the bushes, watching the goings-on at the bowls club. Um, and they're bowling like a bunch of absolute pubes yeah, out I know, there today. That's a great expression, that is. Uh, how, and how they've all aged in such a short space of time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I he obviously that, didn't see them as old people, did he, when he was working there? Well, I suppose it's also the fact that they haven't been... He hasn't seen them for a couple of weeks, maybe, mm. or probably even longer. And he does see them now. So in his mind's eye, he sees them, I don't know, you know, like um, Barbara Bell Geddes in uh, Dallas. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> no, because she used to always have that soft focus around her. She did. So, it used to, so you couldn't see her wrinkles. So you never knew she was ageless. Yeah, yeah. She always but, had that soft focus. But then, I suppose if you saw her in... in Real life, you think? Well, you, holy shit! Yeah. yeah, although you you wouldn't see much now because she's been dead for ages. Well, yeah, but in uh, at the time, at the time, yeah. But no, I also think because when Curtin worked there, he loved his punters, didn't he? He loved everything about that. Yeah, job. so he didn't see them as old people. He just no. saw them as people. Yeah, and now he's seeing them as old people because he's not there. Yeah, so he sees Brenda laughing, uh, and he said, "You know, Bishop's cleave is creaminess." Uh, so he wasn't very happy about the way that they've been playing. Uh, Kerry now has a leather jacket on with Satan's fingers. Yeah, she um, does a great pose. And he it? says, this is proper smart, lethal, and gives the finger. <laughs> Those, and starts, like, pretending yeah. to ride the motorbike. But how quick she does her, her arm as well made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, then we see the photo of Martin Mucklow. It's the actual photo that they, I think they, Martin put, uh, Martin, Paul put on Facebook. He did. A while back. Um, so Martin Mucklow was the lady's finger. Uh, and then you had Crazy Fish and Paul My Finger, uh, who killed himself, and we'll find out more about him a little bit later yep. on. He walked into the sea and kept on walking, and Kerry then holds up the uh, the newspaper clipping, um, which which then to me, when you know about what happens later on, is a little bit sinister mm. that Martin keeps that cut in. Yeah, well, when yeah. he's spoilers not that you should have spoilers you you'll you'll know what goes on if you're listening to this um he's responsible for killing the guy yeah really he's well if you think about the way go back to series one when he talks about fred west like he does yeah we think it's funny but now it's quite you think about it if you actually look through the comedy yeah it's quite dark it is very yeah. dark yeah so curtain's on his way to slugs his gym no. Uh, and he woke up in a cold sweat, forgot to order mini cheddars for candy cup semis. It's like crack to old people. Um, and he chatted to Steve, the supplier, realising he didn't even work at the bowls club anymore. Then he sees Arthur. This is just fantastic. <laughs> and he starts laughing at Arthur, and Arthur looks at him and goes, you shut up. He said, I was going to go through with it. My veins were too small. I couldn't get the needle in. <laughs> so uh, Curtin then explains that Arthur went to Switzerland to get, to get euthanised. Um, and the bowls club even paid for a friend to fly from Australia. cost £4,000. Um, and then when he came back, they had a do for him and stuff. And then he fell out over the bar tab with the guy. <laughs> um, I think that's... I mean, it's, it's so wrong. It is so wrong, that, but uh, very, very, very funny. Very funny. Yeah, so Kerry's on the phone to Trev, one of the uh, Satan's fingers. Mm. Uh, she's going to go and visit him. Now, um, Curtin then shows uh, the vicar um, slugs his gym, and we get another one of those... <laughs> We get another one of those wonderful moments that, that obviously there's no point playing a, a clip of it because well, it's, it's, a, it's silent comedy, it's, isn't it's it? It's a visual thing, and it's it, the, again, the amount of times we've said this that Paul Shahidi plays it perfectly. The look on his face where it's sort of it, it starts off being fun, fun. then he realizes now I don't know whether he re it's because it's hurting. Or because he, he, he realises that he's not strong enough to get out of it. I think or because he doesn't want to hurt Curtin getting no, out I of it. No, I think he realises he can't get out. I think he thought, oh, this would be easy, little yeah. scrawny Curtin. And he can't get <laughs> yeah. out. And it's that look. But that's the bit that um, he, he puts the vicar in a grip. And they also grip. do it. I mean, we, me and you are on the same wavelength where, where you watch something and it keeps going and going until it gets uncomfortable. It's funny. 
It was nearly on that as well, because it, it goes on, doesn't it? It was. Um, so, <laughs> so once Curtain's finished and, and the vicar manages to get out, Curtain goes beast mode. <laughs> <laughs> but he's there with his, what he thinks, well, he's sort of muscles, I suppose. Curtain, uh, vicar tells Curtain that he's going to drive Ke- to Kerry, to, he's going to drive Kerry to meet Trevor, and he's not sure whether it's a good idea or not. Curtain just uh, says that, you know, you, you need to let things go. While he's talking, Curtain is struggling with his bench press. He gets to about five or six. Um, and again, it's a lovely thing that's going on while they're doing a little bit of sort of exposition dialogue. Um, he gets to like five or six and he goes, no, oh, keep going. No, no, no. And sort of gets the vicar to take it off of him after like, <laughs> I think six, six goes he has. Um, he tells the vicar that Kerry will be on to something else next week. Uh, she was interested in saving bees. Then he saw a stamping on one. Yeah. Um, the vicar agrees with Curtin and the curtain. Then Curtin says that vicar maybe has Munchausen syndrome. Is that the vicar has Munchausen? Yeah, I think that's what you're saying because he's saying that uh, he's making Kerry feel she has something wrong with her when maybe it's actually him who's sick in the head. Right. Um, slugs then. Who's yeah. eating a chocolate bar or he is, maybe stood it's there. a it's protein a chocolate bar? bar or something, yeah. Says that uh, his mum had that. And kept putting salt in his drip. I know, which is dark. But he went, almost died. <laughs> and I mean, uh, he makes light of it, but again, another dark moment comes creeping. But what I love about it is that every time Slugs talks in this country, they have to put subtitles on it. There's always subtitles. Yeah. And that always makes me laugh when you got to see the subtitles. Uh, Vicar says he'll take Kerry to see Trev. Uh, and then mentions Polly. Now I'm sure that Polly. I'm I'm assuming. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm assuming that Polly is his wife, because he starts saying that um, Polly says that he should listen more. Maybe. Um, so maybe there's a new character coming. Well, I mean, I like the way they do. They do keep expanding it every yeah. so often. Um, he says that she doesn't listen either. She puts far too much sugar in her strawberry jam, and then wonder why she's not even placed in the jam festival every year. Great performance by that. Mm. And there's that. that Sort of look after he says it, almost looks like he's saying something he shouldn't say. Right. He sort of says it and then sort of goes, yeah. as if, oh, <laughs> God, I've gone and let this out of the bag. I've had a go at the wife. I'm assuming. I'm, I'm I, was, assuming I, I thought exactly the same. I assumed, oh, we've heard about his wife for the first time. Because, I mean, go back to the second series. Who knew he had a son? Exactly. So Exactly. I thought it was his dog. Exactly. Yeah. So then we see Kerry and Vicar in the car. Uh, if God had a singing voice, it would sound like David Gray. Would it? And then, the, and then Kerry says, "Well, if the devil had a singing voice, it would sound like David Gray." Vicar <laughs> um, hits Kerry with a stat before she gets in, so she's just about to get in the car. And he says, "19 thousand people die a year from not wearing a seatbelt." And uh, Kerry sort of looks back at the camera in the back seat and goes, "This is going to be fun." Um, Slegs, 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 Slugs then says that Kaylee said he'd let himself go a bit. Yeah. We see Slugs doing and struggling with some sit-ups. Uh, and he said that he's getting screwed over in the past, not just by one, by a lot of them. Taking a break from it all, it's just too hard. I mean, that wasn't played for laughs. No. That, that was just really heartbreaking. Yeah. <coughs> I was really sort of, I've put in brackets, Oh, Poor old Slugs. Poor old Slugs indeed. Does that um, mean Kaylee's turned out to be a bit of a bitch? I think so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm assuming that they're not together anymore. Well, having a break, I assumed. But that means they're not together, obviously. Yeah, but... yeah. Uh, Curtin says he knows how Slugs feels. He came out of a relationship recently. And you think he's talking about a girl, girl and about yeah. how he's, he's lo- he's, someone's broke his heart. But he's talking about the, 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 the bowls club. He's saying getting half hour, getting in a half hour early, leaving two hours after a shift, making sure the toilets are cleaned before the county cup. That's love. He yeah. said, you know. So he, you know, passionate, isn't he? There's about no that. denying. Yeah. Um, so the vicar is playing devil's advocate between Kerry and Sandra. So Kerry brings up Sandra, sort of saying that he doesn't want a relationship with her half brothers and stuff like that. So the vicar is trying to sort of be a peacemaker here, and we've got a, a little clip here. Anyway, Sandra's got a nice little gift coming to her for a letterbox. What do you mean by that? From me. What do you mean by that? What don't I mean by that? What do you mean by that? It's a nice little surprise. If you like surprises that are pig-shaped. No, Kerry, no. Yeah? No, you're not going to do that. I am going to. No, you're not. You're just showing off. I'm not showing off. Oh, what, to them? I don't even care about them. She don't even care about them. No. 
No. She's on a mission. Well, it's another setup, isn't it, for later on? It is, it is. And it's weird how it goes from them being quite... She's quite confrontational with him mm. uh, to then this. We're not playing the whole of it, we're just playing a little bit. One black spider standing on the wall. One black spider joining, standing on the wall. And if one black spider should accidentally fall, it will crawl up your trouser leg and paralyze your massive bollocks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kerry. Do you do it again? No. That's... <laughs> I love that. That was the. That for me was the biggest laugh. For the very first time I watched it. Yeah. That was just There was a those... huge laugh. It's the vicar, though, that makes it even mm. more funny. It's his reaction. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so then we go and see that Curtin, Curtin's doing this click-tap thing with his hands. Oh, yeah. Well, and seems very sort of proud of himself for doing Yeah, for doing <laughs> I know, and it's, it's not very good. Uh Really, is it? Because uh, you see the musicians are properly doing the roles, and yeah. all he's doing is just, just doing. Yeah, it just made me laugh. Don't do that in front of me again, Neil. That's disgusting. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, and then Curtin sees uh, Terry outside the keepers, and he looks really sort of, sort of not not love struck. That's a bit too much, but he seems genuinely sort of. Oh my god! Look, oh look, it's Terry over yeah. there. Uh, and we can't talk about this scene without well, talking about it the in person. big capitals. Here. I've got it in big capitals as well. <laughs> The one and the only boss. Ross Carpenter, boss, Ross the boss, is there behind and doing very, very well not to... I mean, look, I'm not saying that you didn't act very well, Ross. You did. I And I watched it specifically the last time to see what it was that Ross did. He doesn't look up. He's Whatever it is he's reading, he's concentrating on it. Um, I would say, if I'm picking holes in your performance, Ross, if if somebody was sat there and then if you heard somebody say hello to somebody on another table, you'd look up. You'd just look up. You'd look up and go, "Who wonder who that is?" So you're you're doing him a Strasbourg critique. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just saying that that maybe be aware of your surroundings. Mm. You know, but not, I thought a great first performance. A great first performance. I mean. I'm not knocking you, Ross. My 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 critique comes out of jealousy, probably rather than anything else. Aww. But well done, Ross. Yeah, well done. Um, there's an awkward conversation then between Curtin and Terry. Uh, I love Terry's little uh, sign off. See you and on. Yeah. Um, and then then Curtin goes to town. And he says, "Oh, come on. There's a game on now." And he's necking points, self medicating with straight uh, press. And there's no one behind the bar. Everyone's going to be up in arms. Uh, then Curtin goes back to the bowls club, uh, saying it's gone to the dogs. And he said there's a vital cog that's been removed uh, in that machine. It'll explode. And he hears the vital cog, mm. of course. He said it's like taking an engine out of a Fiat Panda. It'll go freewheeling for a bit. And then at some, some point, it'll plough into a wall. Another one of his famous analogies. Yeah, he, he does like those. Yeah. So Carrie and the Vicar are now driving in a field looking for Trevor's place. I know, at the side of a field. <laughs> and it's a, it's a proverbial cabin in the woods. It is. I mean, and it's it, creepy. How anybody lives like that these days. I mean, he's, he's off the grid by yeah. the looks of it. He People looks like do. he's... So, and then I love the fact that when they get there, Kerry says to the Vicar, so you get out first? Yeah. <laughs> and the Vicar does. But he doesn't look happy. When he's going into the shack. Well, then when you see him, though, don't you? It does look scary. He looks, it, he's got the axe or whatever. Yeah, and Yeah. Kerry and then Trev reminisce about the... I was going to say stiff little fingers then, but it's not a stiff little thing. <laughs> fingers. Stiff little fingers, eh? And talks about, uh, Tre- uh, about Martin's big, massive beard. Yeah. Uh, and this is a story where he said that they were riding down to Durdledore in 1976. I don't know where Durdledore is. In I, France, I would take it. I wouldn't have thought so. Anyway, coach load of Donny Osmond fangirls broke down uh, and they were queuing up to give blowies to any biker who'll give them a backy back down to Weymouth. Blowies. Back down to Weymouth, see, so maybe... Oh, maybe not. And that was from London, so... um, And Vic's face... (laughs) I used to picture it. It's just like... uh, So the bikers are piling down the A419. Now, the A419 is from Siren to Swindon, isn't it? Yeah. So they must have just put that down because it's it's a road. The lo- yeah, I think the, it's the, just... I don't think, I don't think it's there's an A419 to Weymouth. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, so they were stiff as Paul Q's. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fuel tanks... His fuel tank went kaput. Um, 
and he was, if he isn't quick, he's the only person left to suck him off would be the bus driver. <laughs> um, and then Kerry's dad appears, or Martin appears, takes a straw out of his milkshake, sucks the petrol out of his tank into Trevor's until it's empty, and he says, Trev, you deserve this blowjob more than me. Yeah, what a nice guy. I know. Big Martin then lit his cigarette, and the beard all went up. <laughs> but he was always putting other people first. Yeah. So Just like the Martin we know. Indeed. Carrie then to camera said, it was so nice to meet someone who knows the dad that she knows and not the peeping one. So Curtin's now on his way to the bowls club, waiting for utter carnage to unfold. He comes across Len. Now, this is one of the this saddest. This is sad, this is. Uh, just eating cornflakes out of his box. Um, and Curtin goes, where'd you get them from? Food bank! <laughs> yeah. But it's the um, look Curtin gives him when he says food bank as well. It's almost like, oh. Yeah, and Len has been banned from the bowls club, um, but he only goes in there to get warm because he's got nowhere else to go. Mm. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Curtin then finds out that Neil is I the know. new barman. He is gutted. I was gutted when I heard that they called him Neil. Whoop, whoop. Unbelievable. Uh, he doesn't believe it. Then he sees someone serving drinks with his tie on, and he says, that's weird. Uh, is that Arthur laughing? I've never seen Arthur laugh. And I've got this clip. This is one of my favourite little bits. He told me he ain't laughed since he was part of a squadron at Carpet Bomb Dresden. Which either means it was so harrowing for him that he hasn't been able to laugh since, or it was the last thing that genuinely tickled him. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And then he sees the new barman, and... Curtin is genuinely gutted. He says, yeah, I feel sick, I it, need yeah. to go home. So he feels he'll, he feels hurt and he'll feel sad. Um, is he going to get over it? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's leaving us on it. Well, indeed, we indeed. Uh, so Kerry... Um, but again, it's setting up a nice, if they want to follow an arc, yeah, it's setting oh, up absolutely. beautifully, isn't it, for yeah. Series 3? Yeah. So Kerry's now showing Trev old fingers photos. Trev tells Kerry that the Martin Mucker in the pics is not Big Martin, it was Martin Bullard was the yeah. Big Martin. Because uh, he was five. five foot five. When Kerry says that Martin Mucklow is her dad, uh, we get this. Martin Mucklow's a bastard. There you go. That's a good one, that is. Martin Mucklow's a bastard. <laughs> and a shit house. Uh, he's a liar, cheat, thief. He was selfish, backstabber. Uh, these are the, the reactions on Kerry's face, on Daisy's face, is just mm. priceless on these. Realisation. The, it's the realisation of it. It's the hurt. It's the pain. It's the mm. It's the sort of... That, that she can't quite believe it or understand what's right going through on. Into, this is what I spoke about earlier. The performance of Kerry... Uh, Daisy as Kerry in this episode is absolutely beautiful because you can see it right in the eyes. Yeah. The emotion is from the eyes and they come out. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. So Trev carries on saying that he had no morals, broke every code the fingers swore by. Trev tells Kerry that Martin Muckler was responsible for Pull My Fingers suicide. Derek Sprawls uh, was Pull My Fingers' real name. Um, worst case of cleft palate he'd ever seen. <laughs> Face a mother couldn't even love. Face so twisted it looked like two hands wringing out a damp cloth. Oh, no. Some expression that is. And uh, his mum and dad sold him to some Romany gypsies <laughs> for a rusty old Ford Prefect and as much lucky Heather they could fit in the boot. Uh, he worked the carnivals, was unloved, overworked, and he met Sue, local farmer's girl. Now... That's got to be Sue Muckler. I would say it is Sue Muckler. Because they said that he was, she was so big that she had to have a cart all to herself. And they've already referenced how big she is. Yeah, anyway. they fell in love. Martin Mucklow didn't like seeing him happy. And at the summer solstice, uh, at Stonehenge, they could hear grunts from behind stones. And uh, this is another clip. And there's Martin and Sue, and they... Well, you, you can probably guess what they were up to. What were they up to? Martin was stuffing her. <laughs> he was stuffing us so hard from behind with no care, no love or nothing it was just a cold hearted stuffing she looks devastated but, but also when he says that when he says you know what I'm on about the vicar nods Yeah, Kerry looks com well but she is obviously it's again it's that, that, that thing that, that anything sexual she doesn't seem to no, have any idea she's about got a that huge naivety about it yeah. hasn't she yeah which for someone who's maybe in her late early teens or early yeah early twenties is 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 strange. But then maybe she's not been exposed to it in any way. She's hanging around with her cousin, so you'd hope. Well, 
don't know, it's like a Gloucestershire village. Well, <laughs> but is she exposed? Is she not exposed to it because her dad is such a shit house? She's hiding from it. She doesn't mm, want to know maybe, about maybe, it. Maybe, or maybe you know. I mean, we don't know what sort of relationship her and Sue have had up till to this episode. We'd always assumed it was quite an aggressive relationship. Yeah. yeah. So the vicar and Kerry uh, on the car ride back. And the vicar asks if Kerry's okay and says, I know just the man to help us get through this. Mm. And he puts David Gray Babylon on the car stereo and he starts singing along, gets the words wrong a little bit in a certain place. Like we all do when we it, sing along indeed, to the radio. Indeed. Then Kerry turns it off and says, it makes me feel car sick, you singing like that. And we're back in Kerry's bedroom and Curtin is raging about the new barman at the uh, bowls club. Terry has posted a photo of the barman next to Curtin's food hygiene certificate. Yes. Utterly raging now. Uh, Kerry is saying, just let it go, and Curtin says, you're just an emotional slab of ham. Which does go a little bit to the way that Curtin described um, Sue's feet. Yeah, yeah. Like slab, oh, yeah. Slabs of spam, that spam, was, not it? Spam, wasn't it, yeah. 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 Uh, he goes on about how he got the hygiene rating to three when it was a nun, and uh, the kitchen is not fit to serve some food. Uh, Terry used raw chicken board to cut lemons for the Cokes. He used to laugh about it. The curtain's getting really vindictive now. He's got a whole host of... He's opening Pandora's box. <laughs> There's a funny one coming yeah, up. Yeah, he says he's got so much shit on the man, and Kerry goads him on. What else? What other shit? And then before a match, he walked over to the buffet table. When no one was there, he dropped his cacks and farted on the quiche. <laughs> yeah. If that came out, that would ruin him. Uh, and he also says that he still knows the security code and Curtin knows all the tech stuff. And uh, Tre- uh, Sorry, not to Trev. It's um, Terry is a digital dinosaur. And then it breaks off. But if you watch when he's talking about all of that, you can see something's bothering him. Yeah, no, he's he's genuinely hurt, and he's well, genuinely... yeah, but also because of what he about the smell. So you can see that, which I only noticed today. Oh, but right, right. You can actually see that he's being distracted in a little way. Yeah, by she, something, and he then goes, "What's that smell?" Mm. And it's not even like she just just. Off the cuff, oh, it's pig shit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like uh, she's trying to hide it. No. Um, <laughs> but fancy putting a big bag of that in your bedroom. Yeah, so Kerry's going to go and give it to Sandra, but she changed her mind. Uh, the vicar says now she's not. Sh- he's not sure that Kerry got what she wanted from seeing Trev, but sure she's got what she's needed in the long term, which mm. is basically finding out the truth about her dad. Um Now, I didn't write all the analogy down that Kerry had for the Henry VIII. No. Because what struck me more than anything else was just how knowledgeable she seemed to be about Suddenly, Henry VIII. She's got this... Uh, uh, yeah. And whereas, like, she's literally thick as pig shit about a lot of things, she knew everything about Henry VIII, yeah. about all the different wives and what had happened to them. Um, I didn't write it all down because I was just, like, shocked about that. I just thought... Well, was... I mean, there's no need to write it all down, but, no. yeah. Yeah, that's a... That's a yeah. It's it's a, it's an analogy you wouldn't expect somebody like Kerry to come out with, but then again, you see people like that, yeah, a bit like your Rain Man actually, yeah, yeah, that yeah. has the interest in something else and uh, moves on. Indeed. So then we have a nice sweet scene where Kerry goes to see Sandra for a clear the air chat. Um, Sandra invites her in for a cup of tea, and he starts. She starts chatting to the two. Yeah, uh, it's the quite two sweet. Kids. It's by the way and she speaks. What they do, and we're playing with Lego. I absolutely love Lego. She says. Uh, Curtain now in the dark. Uh, with a bag slung over his shoulder and a hoodie on, uh, he's going to go over. To, he was was going to go over to Terry's, plant one on his alcoholic tomato nose. <laughs> That's a band name, alcoholic yeah, tomato, tomato nose, or a song. Yeah, and he says you need to keep enemies close, but keep your friends close as well, because well, they are your friends at the end of the day. Uh, revenge is a, be- a dish best served. In pig shite. Mm. I love that. That's a great quote, that is. Um, he tries the security code, and it doesn't work. Tries it again, and then just doesn't really know what to do. There's a bit that really made me laugh on this, is after he walks away from it, with the sack over his back. Wee Willy Winky, the way he walks. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. almost creeping, like the stealthy thief. He does it, it, that walk must have been purposely done because it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Kerry then uh, is playing with her half brothers, uh, doing some fitness and explaining to them what happens in fights. And yeah. Stuff like so you have Marvin and you have Martin. Marvin and Martin, and we wondered who they were. Indeed. And so uh, she says that she's like a mentor, like Mr. Miyagi to Karate Kid. And then we have this Do you guys like cats? Yeah. 
Do you like hats? Do you like cats in hats? Yes. Well, I tell you what, Marvin, there's this amazing book that I've been reading. It's about basically about a cat who wears a hat that's... That's it, but the hat's very much too large. Uh, so then Kerry's in the kitchen and Curtin sees Terry walking up to Kerry's this house. This made me laugh. And I love the fact that he's telling her not to... Don't, don't answer the door. But I don't know who it is. Yeah. So, well, not... you know who it is. It's fucking Terry. Yeah. Like, oh, answer the door. Hello, Terry. <laughs> so Terry comes in, uh, says that he tried to ring him, uh, went to Nan's, and obviously Curtin is thinking that he's going to have a go at him because he's found out about... The pig shit. The pig shit and trying to open the door. Uh, and Terry asks, what's he doing tomorrow? They need a shift behind the bar. Mm. And his little face just lights up. I know, he's back where he belongs. He looks so happy, and then he finishes by giving him the sign-off, see you anon. Um, and he says that he shouldn't have, shouldn't work for him again, uh, but I can't quit him now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jerry Maguire. The Maguire all over, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And then Kerry's just behind uh, in the shot. And oh, it's th- funny. There's something in my eye. That's perfect, like, the way she's doing it. And and that's it. That's that just, is. That's the end of the episode. It's just, it's, it's sort of on a, a nothing beat, if you like, but typical this country. I absolutely love this episode. I really do. It's a great bridge. Yeah. If you know what I mean by that, it's it's an absolute great bridge from the second series to the third. It's it could set up so much. There's so much to do. The series, is, the episode, has got so much heart. It's got so much laughter. It's got everything in it, and some probably one of the best performances by our Daisy. Well, I put on there that the theme that I saw was like the theme of changing impressions of enemies, mm. because obviously. Kerry and Sandra both are against each other to start with, and they change and, and come together. Curtin hates Terry, and, and is, is although he loves the bowls club, he's slagging it off. Mm. That all comes together. So it, it's I love that theme going through it. It's a, it's I, I wouldn't say this is the funniest episode that they've done. No, but it has some very funny moments in it. But it's also, it's one of the deepest. Mm. I think I said to you before, that whole scene with Trev, when he's saying the story about um, Pull My Fingers suicide, yeah. was the, 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 the first time I felt that it was actually being acted. That's no disrespect. That's no, that's not being nasty. It's just that that felt like it was... And again, that does make it sound like I'm having a go... At, no, I know at, what you mean. It's at Trev, you... That, that isn't it at all. Because it is, it, if anything, that is wonderfully acted. Well, you see a performance, don't you? And yeah. you see a performance not just by Trev, but also by Daisy in that. And Paul. And Paul and, and, sat and in the, the back. The, 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 although the vicar says nothing in that, mm. you can read what he's thinking. Oh, yeah. He's so, got great in so many ways. And that, that moment when he says Martin Mucklow is a bastard and you realise what it is that he did, the look on on the vicar's face mm. is saying, I don't know if Ke- Kerry is, is going to be able to handle this. And and again, just Daisy's looks are just yeah, and the, and unbelievable. The eyes, it's just, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's great. Right. We had some, um, I've got to try and find the messages now. I never printed them off. Hang on a sec. Oh, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Oh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. Okay. So we asked for a few uh, little uh, talk. Uh, God, I, I can't talk properly now. We have some asked feedback for a few f- bits of feedback. So Sam Micro said, "Curtain's face and the line, my nan gets that bus. Can't understand how they got that cut." Now that was the that's the um, videotape. Oh yeah, deleted scene, which was fantastic. It was a great scene. It was so funny, and the fact that there was like upskirt videos from the bus, and that was when. Um, Curtin says, my nan gets out of this. Yeah. <laughs> and the sort of look of dejection on his face. Uh, Stephen Barnes said, the pure joy of Curtin getting a shift at the bar at the Bowls Club. At the end. It's like a happy ending, isn't it? Indeed. Uh, Ross. Ross the Hello, Boss. Hello, Ross the Boss. Ross the Boss. Now, this is quite lengthy, but I'm going to read it all. So, uh, naturally, my favourite part was seeing that my extra scene hadn't been cut and that was in shot for 40-odd seconds. Seriously, though, my favourite part was when Trev finally makes Kerry see how her dad really was, is... Her feelings of pride shattered. It was clever that Kerry more readily took the view statements of someone she'd just met than those of her own family and the vicar, mm. which is... 
then again, a lot but of people do that. They do, and it's you a don't denial, listen to the people they? that are close to you because I'm, I'm assuming that you think that oh, they're saying that because they but love me. They're feeding a line because they they want me to want me to believe that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ross carries on saying, I think this is understandable. Human nature sees people accepting a negative opinion from someone not emotionally involved more easily than from someone who is. If you have no emotional involvement, you have no reason to lie or sugarcoat anything, which is mm. what we just basically said. Classic lines, fantastic scenes, and a really really sensible conclusion to the cliffhanger. The sentence Martin and Kerry were handed is realistic. Kerry likely would have got community service as a first-time offender. Martin would have got time or a suspended sentence. As ever, the excellent writing is evident everywhere and is lifted by the clever extra parts. Kerry with something in her eye, the vicar trying to get out of Curtin's grip, Curtin doing his hand fist-clap to the camera just before he sees Terry outside the keepers. The special succeeded when uh, it is easy to fail, making a feature-length episode. The episode simply felt like a long episode and not an attempt at a movie. It was deeper than any episode prior, and I feel is the best written episode of the lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Ross on that. Yeah, yeah. Sarah Badger said Daisy's delivery of the story reading to the visually impaired was great. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Sean Robbins, all the way from the US of A. Hello, Sean. Uh, hello, Sean. Uh, I was so excited for this special after Laura told me about it. I unfortunately had to result to nefarious means to watch it. Well, he's Ooh, in America, obviously. So. I laughed so hard when Curtin complained about the court picture. Mind-boggling. I also really enjoyed Kerry meeting the guy from Satan's Fingers. I also really enjoyed Kerry reading to the visually impaired. Fantastic, guys. Thank you very much. There you go. So, overall... Um, At the moment, it's my favourite episode. Right. Because of what we spoke about. I love the heart in it. I think I've watched it now five times, I think. And it's one I will go back to. Absolutely. Uh, not that I don't go back to the other series, but it's one that... Yeah, it's going to be special. I mean, it could change. It yeah. could change in the future, obviously. But I'm so, really fond of this episode. No, I am as well. And it was so great. And we've got Series 3 to look forward to sometime in 2019. Yep. Um, 2019, what a year it's going to be. Mm. I'm going to be 50. You're going to be 54. Yeah. and uh, 64. When you're 64. 64. Ooh. Uh, it's going to be a great year, mm. and I'm sure more BAFTAs will be coming. Uh, so that's it. That's our look at uh, it's a it's a long. We just hit the hour. Oh, so that's not bad. spoiling you guys. That's not bad at all. Um, just to let you know, we've got a few uh, Patreon new pledges. Thank you very much. So thank you very much to to these following people: to Helena White. Thank you. To Kate Inglis. Thank you. To Kelly Delaney. Thank you. To Samantha Micro. Thank you. And to Stephen Barnes. Thank you. Thank you very much, everybody. Your um, support means the world to us. It really, really does. Um, and if you would like to be these wonderful people, or like these wonderful people, just go to patreon.com forward slash WTAF, and you get a chance to win some fantastic... Uh, well, Choose well, some fantastic. You choose, yes. Uh, from as little as one dollar a month, uh, it's American, uh, so it's in dollars, but that's about seventy-five p. And uh, you can go up to fifteen dollars a month, which means you'll get a whole host of things and a chance to come and appear on the podcast. Absolutely, which they have done. Ross the boss did. Ross the boss did indeed, and um, Paul Paul did, and uh, we have a couple more that we need to try and fit in. Lee did. Uh, Lee did. Yeah, we have a couple more that we have to try and fit in. It'll probably be the new year now, but we will uh, we will definitely get them sorted. Um, what else have we got? Uh, so all you can get um, you can find us on all the uh, social media outlets: uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram under WT. AF. You can also correspond with us at our email, which is packed. <laughs> Well, that's the other one, which is WTAFthiscountry at hotmail.com. And we have a website, don't we, Yes, Pam? we do. WTAFpodcast.com, which is where you'll get all the information, all the merch, all the other gubbins, wonderful stuff. And uh, that is about it, you WTAFers. So, Neil, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Pav. It's been great to chat to you about this episode. It has been. It's been a wonderful time. It's been a wonderful time. That's it from Neil. That's it from me. Neil's off now to go and mess about with his gym um, and uh, try some more of those Mess squats. about with Jim. Yes, indeed. And that's it from me. So go and get plumbed, you fuckers. And watch again. <laughs>
Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.